Welcome to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy with your hosts, Phyllis Amon and Rubina Chaudhry. Seniors deserve to have a life with respect, dignity, and fulfillment. But as we transition into elderhood, this doesn't always happen. Join us today as we discuss some of the most important issues that seniors face and provide much-needed answers to your questions. Now, here are Phyllis and Rubina. Welcome to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy. This is Phyllis Amon, your host, here with my co-host, Rubina Chaudhry. How are you doing, Rubina? I'm doing well, Phyllis. Good to be talking with you. Likewise. Um, you know, now is the time, uh, well, we are separated by distance because we're on opposite sides of the country. And, um, you know, of course, we speak frequently, but it's just a reminder that to stay connected with, with uh, friends, family, loved ones, whomever, right? Even friends you haven't spoken to for a while, right? Uh, Definitely. This is a great time for catching up on uh, old friendships, I guess. So, um, you know, uh, a lot of people are home, older people especially, and, um, you know, you and I have talked about the fact that um, y- your mom recently fell is in, and is in a rehab center up in um, Canada, but people at home, you know, um, are prone to falling as well, and older people are spending more time at home as we all are, so we thought it would be a good time to have a um, conversation about fall prevention. Excellent idea, Phyllis. So um, our guest today, actually we've had uh, Rajiv as a guest uh, previously, um, and um, I don't know if our listeners remember but um, if not, I'd love to refresh their memory. Rajiv is, um, is, has 27-plus years of experience in healthcare, social work, operations, management, um, working for nonprofit organizations and government social service departments in Canada and the United Kingdom. And he's been an educator and mentor for over 18 years, affiliated with universities in Canada, Canada and the U.K., And his primary work has been in residential and nursing care, assisted living, um, supported housing, community and hospital work, dementia and mental health services, crisis intervention, and services for seniors from ethnic minorities. So, hi, Rajiv. It's great to have you back with us again. Hi. It's good to be back. And... um, how are you doing up there in Canada? How's everything going on up there? Oh, I think we are all caught up in this um, water situation and everybody's sort of doing their best to contain themselves and those people like me who work in the healthcare frontline workers, we all have to be extra careful and vigilant, but not forgetting that we are there to provide care to the vulnerable and the needy. So we are all at the upfront working pretty flat out and uh, hard work, but, you know, it's rewarding. I agree. I've been uh, covering in a little um, nursing home uh, about 20 minutes from me for the past couple of weeks. And, um, you know, the past two, three weeks have gotten a little more intense. Um, And so I certainly, um, I can relate to what you're saying. It's it's a difficult time. But uh, like you say, we're there for the residents and um, they're the ones who need care. So we do our best to do that. Definitely, and uh, from the the layperson and from the 
community, I want to thank both of you for your work and all the healthcare workers uh, that are out there supporting not only seniors but, uh, but community at large at this point. And my request to both of you and to everyone else is that please take care of yourself also and, and be safe. So Rajiv, thank you for joining us. And, uh, and uh, I'd like to ask you, what are the key causes for falls? Okay, so I sort of divide them into three kind of main categories. So uh -huh. one is, I'll say, a biological or a medical reason. Uh, the second one, I would say, is behavior or risk factors. And the third one, I call it environmental factors. Mm -hmm. So those are my three main categories. And... Mm -hmm. uh, Starting with the biological medical reasons, uh, this is about the human body. So it, one of the reasons is the weakness of bones, muscles, which result in poor balance. You probably know that, that after age 24, we start to lose 1% of bone density. 24? Oh, my goodness. Uh, age 24, yeah. So like 24, oh, my goodness, I'm in bad shape. <laughs> yeah, your 30% of your bone density is gone. You know? I left 24 uh, a long time ago. <laughs> yes, so did I. <laughs> um, then you look at your medical business, osteoporosis, arthritis, people have had stroke. Uh, it could be your chronic diseases like diabetes where your blood sugars are unstable. Uh, it could be high blood pressure, low blood pressure, dizziness, or also your sight, vision of poor sight. So these seven, eight areas are, I classify as medical reasons. I mean, we can go into the details of it. If you are, you know, you have weaker bones or you have arthritis, obviously your balance is not going to be great, you know. Right. Um, so, so your chances of falls are significantly higher compared to somebody else who is in a better shape than you. Um, again, if your blood pressure is quite unstable or quite high, that could cause dizziness, which could easily result in having falls. Um, you have diabetes, your sugars are unstable, you're not maintaining your medication properly, you have high, your sugars are high, you're not feeling well, you could lose your balance, you could fall. And your sight, that's a really um, important one that sometimes people have depth perception issues, sometimes they have color perception issues or mm. they have poor vision and they're just not able to see properly and they have falls. And, um, no, go ahead, Rubina, sorry. No, um, the thought that's come to my mind right now, Rajiv, is what is the most common cause? You've, uh, you know, very nicely defined different reasons is are there one or two or three that are more obvious I mean, reasons than? I mean, these are these are the medical biological reasons. And the, my next category is uh, sort of behavior reason, which cause the risk factors, mm. which has some of the examples are lack of exercise, which is connected to your first month, the weakness of bones and muscles, uh, poor diet, uh, dehydration. Lack of sleep, you know, you're only sleeping broken sleep or two, three hours a night or not sleeping much. 
mm-hmm. medication management that's a huge issue oh you know, yes taking medi- medication properly uh, you have a person who taking risks you know you are you are uh, walking in the snow say for example you're a senior person you decide to walk in the snow without appropriate uh, equipment you know so these are risk factors and then you have environmental factors um, which is one of my like favorite sort of areas uh, people don't realize it and that they play a huge role for example most seniors use a walker or a cane and many times the walker or the cane whatever they're using is not the right type or the right size or the right height or the right uh, measurement um, mm. that results in a fall um, shoes clothing you know you have size 7 and you're wearing a size 11 shoe i see that all the time every day really uh, in your oh absolutely absolutely you know people really like oh because they don't want to spend money so they wear slippers that somebody gave it to them because two size is too big to them um your hmm. your um, risk factors in your apartment you have wires hanging all over the place you have rugs thrown over you have too much furniture your lighting is very poor in there and you don't know to put on the lights on at night your floors are slippery you don't have grab rails or the rails are not right i mean outside sometimes you have pavements are cracked uh, clutter that's a huge issue clutter inside the house outside the house uh, loose wires carpets rugs too much furniture there's a whole range of there's a whole range of list i mean equipment is is one which is very top on my list where people don't use the right equipment i don't mm-hmm. i i think that people aren't always aware especially now let's say you could go to the local pharmacy at least here and get a cane if you think you need it just like you could get um readers um yes. anywhere if you need glasses or assistance with reading and you don't want yeah. to go to the optometrist or get a prescription so you just yeah. go buy a pair off the shelf that you think helps your vision right yeah. well people think Absolutely. they could do that with a cane as well but the reality is they don't realize it does have to be adjusted for your height i think yeah, a lot of people yeah. don't know that information no people don't know that and so I, i don't have a noty background but you know what i have corrected so many people in my lifetime advising them of using the right kind of cane and you know even just it's not just the height of the cane you know there's a cane that's a tripod cane that's got three yes a front or there's a pent up uh, cane that's got five legs on it you know so depending and on the height yeah go ahead i'm sorry not to interrupt there's also a way to use a cane when you're walking a proper oh, way to use absolutely. it you really do need absolutely. um i'd say um education in that because it's not just a question oh. of having a cane to help you walk no i mean similarly you know like when people use walker uh, very often they will go and try to buy a cheaper walker you know um which is a disaster which which will cause a fall for you or people will buy a walker that's got four wheels and people with poor balance and poor mobility actually that's very dangerous because what happens walker starts to walk in front of you like two feet away from you and right. you're not falling flat on your face because you need to understand do you need a two wheel walker four wheel walker or you need a no wheel walker you know right yeah so you said something that um i thought about as you were speaking because especially now that there are a lot of people you know people are at home they can't really go any place 
And yeah. uh, we did talk about um, area rugs or rugs alongside a bed uh, several months ago when we had um, Colin Healy on talking about um, home modifications. And this might be a, a good time to suggest to people if they have a rug, uh, a little area rug someplace in their house uh, next to their bed or in different areas of the house that they pick it up, roll it up, and um, get it out of the way because it's very easy to put your foot down on it and just kind of slide away. I think, you know, you make a good point. You know what, just assessing your house, okay, maybe the senior person can't do that, but the family members, friends, children, just go to their apartment, house, nursing home, wherever they live, just do a quick scan of the room and see, hey, what are the risk factors? If you have rugs which are loose, that's a huge risk factor. If a rug is, say, under a coffee table or something, that's okay because the coffee table is covering the rug. But if you have a rug on the side of your bed, you have a rug in the front of your door, and, you know, often what happens, the rugs, like, bend a bit from the side, and that's folded a little bit. And that's, that's worse, you know. Um, Actually, you said something that... Um, um, People may be concerned about, so we could just touch on it briefly. There's, if you are concerned about your loved one during this period of time, there's nothing wrong with going, um, you know, at least once or even once every few days just to make sure they're all right. Just keep your distance and um, just to, to make sure that you check on them and, and um, everything is okay with them. And if you do see some of these things, just make those minor adjustments so they will be safe while they're in their home. Absolutely. You know, these adjustments should be made all the time, not just now, because, you know, seniors, some seniors have a habit of holding stuff or, or doesn't, don't have the capacity to tidy things over. And so just try and keep the furniture to minimum. You know, if they need just a sofa and a coffee table and something small, get rid of everything else. You don't need like five tables and four lamps in the, in the living room. You know, <laughs> you don't need six rugs in the bedroom. You know, it's, it's California. It doesn't, doesn't get very cold in there, you know? Right. Interesting. Something you said, I thought of also, as you were saying it, sometimes even if you have, let's say a small rug under a coffee table, I don't mean like a huge area rug that covers the yeah. entire room. Sometimes that could also be dangerous because your foot could get caught under it as you walk by. You know what? I'm not a fan of rugs, but if somebody wants to have it, just make sure it's as far out of way as possible. It's not in your way wherever you walk from your bedroom or living room to the bathroom. If you want it, just have it in the corner and you have a table on top, that's fine. But try to avoid as much as possible because they really create a lot of problems. Mm, um, absolutely. Um, so just briefly, um, you know, we have just a few minutes before we go to break. You know, especially under these circumstances, I mean, this might be a good time if somebody doesn't have one of those alerts to order, order one for somebody and send it to them. Um, so it being if they are alone and if they do fall and they're not near a phone, they can alert somebody. I mean, those are always good to have, you know, if a senior is living alone, lifelines are always a um, good piece of equipment to have. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, you're, you, you, um, you are working in a facility now, correct? Um, yeah. But um, I think you had mentioned that your, your dad is, um, 
your dad is living alone. So how's he doing? Is he doing okay? Yeah, he's doing good. Like I said, between all the siblings, we call him regularly. I visit every day. We provide him meals, and uh, we instructed him not to do, what to do, what not to do. And he's following everything. He's just a little bit bored because he's not able to socialize much. But uh, other than that, he, he's doing fine. Thank you. Well, you know something? He could, um, he could be part of the Olive Online program if he's bored. At uh, least three days a week, right? Right, Rubina? Yes, uh, three days. Yeah, three days a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can look at 11 a.m. to noon Pacific. Okay. Well, there are, uh, you know, there are, yes. there are lots of programs out. There are lots of programs going on. I was telling somebody that um, I was um, not at, at the facility yesterday. I was home, and I said, by the time 2 o'clock rolled around, by the time I wrote some emails, had some phone calls, and listened to three webinars, half the day was gone. There's, a, there's so much going on, I think, more going on than there ever was before. Don't you think so, Rubina? Oh, yes. I, I find that I'm home all day and I'm busier than I've been before. And, yeah, it's really, uh, it, it's lots really of good, incredible. Lots of good lots things going on, right? Lots going on, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess we're going to take a, a short break. We'll be back in a few moments, and we can continue the conversation about, um, you know, not only what causes falls, what people can do if they fall, and... Um, you know, some of the interesting statistics about falls. So we'll be back in a few minutes on Voices for Elder Care Advocacy. I'm here with Rubina Chaudhry, my co-host, and Rajiv Mahindru, and uh, we'll be back in a few minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Phyllis Amen, the voice for elder care advocacy, provides strategic solutions to families seeking care for their loved ones in short-term rehab, long-term care, or memory care. Her unique knowledge comes from working in over 40 skilled nursing facilities. Phyllis's passion for quality care and quality of life for our loved ones sets her apart. She encourages families to plan by choice, not by crisis. Visit phyllisheldercare.info for a consultation. Phyllis is also a speaker for both the public and private sector on various issues related to caregiving, communication, empathy, and aging. Rabina Chaudhry is president and founder of Mars Services, an engineering management consulting firm, as well as founder and president of Olive Community Services, a 501c3, which provides culturally appropriate supportive services to seniors, their families, and the community. Rubina's passion for the elder population stems from her experience as an only child living over 1,000 miles away from her aging parents, who are now 91 years of age. She understands the delicate issues and decisions caregivers face. Visit olivecs.org to get further information about Olive's programs and services. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work.
You are tuned in to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy with Phyllis Amon and Robina Chaudhry. If you'd like to leave us a question or comment about our program, please feel free to email your hosts from the Voices for Elder Care Advocacy show page on Voice America. Now, back to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy. Welcome back to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy. I'm Rubina with uh, Phyllis back on the East Coast and Rajiv Mahendru up north in, uh, in Canada. Uh, thank you again, Rajiv, for joining us. Uh, can you share some of, the, uh, some of the details about the prevalence of falls and, and what a, a great area it is for us to be focusing on, please? Yeah, so I'm going to be looking at some of the facts and the numbers. So falls are the leading cause of injury among senior Americans, older Americans. Uh, almost 30 to 35 percent of seniors experience at least one or more falls every year. Mm. Uh, That's quite a bit. It is quite a bit. Uh, Fall-related injuries are 10 times more for people over 65 years of age. Uh, Falls are the major cause for 95% of all hip fractures and 50% of falls causing hospitalizations happen at home. So, you know, people have this assumption you fell outside or something, but 50% are at home. And I would say that a lot of the environmental factors we talked about, the wrong equipment, clothing, shoes, hanging wires, poor light rings, slippery floors, grab rails, etc., rugs, all of those are contributing factors for the falls that's happening at home. Um, um, I, I just wanted to ask a question, if you don't mind. Um, yeah. I, I, used, I used to hear that a lot of falls happened in the bathroom, um, especially in the shower. Is that, um, is that still uh, true, that a, a no, good percentage of falls, that's where they occur? No. It's the bedroom. Oh, the bedroom. Because what hmm. happens is you are sleeping, you wake up, you are rushing to go to the washroom. When you wake up, you are not really fully there. You are still half asleep. Uh, you don't put the light on. There's usually a rug close to your bed. There's a good chance you shuffle from the bed, but you didn't comprehend everything, and that results in a fall. That's one of the, one of the biggest causes of falls in the bedroom. Mm. Um, early morning falls are the are the highest one of the highest numbers for that. Interesting. But yeah, yeah, it, it, it really is uh, interesting. Yeah, um, I think I I just want to uh, move on to actually you know look at the impact of the falls because you know one impact is people have a fall they break their hip or they cause an injury they go to hospital. They are there having treatment for many, many weeks, and there's a huge financial implications to the health system. A hip replacement can cost anything between fifty to sixty thousand dollars for each surgery. So that's a lot of money. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm looking at um, other impacts uh, after the person's had a fall. I think one of the biggest um, uh, consequences is the loss of confidence after that. You know, once you had a fall, then you become very, very, you lack confidence in doing a lot of things. If you were walking before or you were going out before, mm-hmm. after the fall, your confidence just goes and you don't want to do all this. Um, your anxiety goes quite high. 
uh, your mobility can be restricted because you don't want to don't want to do that. You're just scared that I don't want to mobilize it. Uh, I just want to stay, or I'm I'm going to go with somebody else. I don't want to take the elevator by myself, or I don't want to go down the corridor by myself. Um, as a result of it, there's a very good chance that you're de- you, there's a decline in your daily activities, you know, and that can result in isolation because before, if you were able to go out, do things by themselves, once your confidence is gone and your anxiety kicks in, uh, you restrict your daily activities, and that can cause a lot of other issues. And in some cases, the person has no other option but end up in a care facility. Right. Now, of course, now a lot of people are confined to home, so they don't have the opportunity to go out anyway. And that's where I would say um, reduced mobility, as you mentioned, also causes falls. You know, you become more rigid. um, Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So that people should um, try as much as possible to do some kind of exercise at home, even if it's just kind of walking from room to room for five minutes at a time once an hour, I would say, if they're capable of doing that, just to keep moving, keep your blood circulating, keep keep your standing upright and using your muscles um, in some way, shape, or form so you're just not sedentary. Absolutely. You know what? Uh, what happens is that my dad say when he eat his uh, food or something, and I'll say, "I can do your dishes." He said, "No, no, no. I'll do that." I said, "No, I can do it faster." He said, "No, I want to do some exercise." You know. So he said, "At least I get mm-hmm. up from my sofa, go to the kitchen, do the dishes, stand there for a few minutes, come back. That's my exercise." So you are absolutely spot on. Anything you can do, walk around the corridor, walk around your room. Go from your room to the bedroom. If you have a balcony, just go in the balcony, stretch, do whatever exercises you can because even like something like Tai Chi, you know, people who can do, you don't need a lot of space for Tai Chi. You know, all those exercises, Tai Chi, walking, uh, uh, sitting and standing from the chair, all those will make a big difference in your mobility and your bone strength. Oh, you know, that was a very good point, what you just said. You could actually do just uh, go from sitting to the standing position, right? It's yeah. like, almost like doing a squat, only you're, you're actually going to sit down. You could do 10 of them, and you could, yeah. you know, rest for a few minutes and do 10 more. And, and, and you could do Absolutely. that a few times during a day, and you've actually done quite a bit for yourself. I mean, you can stand behind the chair and hold the back of the chair and, and do kind of semi-squat as well, which is another uh, exercise, which is you don't need a lot of space for that, and you can do in a very short space and a, very quickly. And, mm-hmm. and I, would, uh, I would say that those are really important for people now that they're, um, now that they're in their homes more and they, they're restricted from going out. What were you going to say, Rubina? I didn't mean to interrupt you. I, I was going to ask, uh, Rajiv, thank you for sharing those statistics. Now, let's assume that, uh, you know, an elder, like my mom has uh, had a fall and had hip surgery. What is their uh, recovery plan and, and what are the statistics on how quickly um, people recover or you know, in that area, if you can address that, please. Okay. I, I don't have the stats for that, but uh, because 
I think a lot of it also depends on on the the seniors' previous health prior to the fall. You know, mm-hmm. uh, nowadays the surgeries are very high tech and they're very successful and the rehab uh, process is uh, pretty intense. So in my experience, mm-hmm. uh, seniors recover pretty much get fully back to normal to the pre-fall condition and they continue to live a very full and active life after the surgery. So that's that's really the trend has really gone uh, much better over the last 15, 20 years because of the mm-hmm. technology changes and the success in the way the surgery happens um, and the rehab processes. So that's a very good, uh, good recovery rate. I, I, you know, I just want to weigh in on that for a moment because I agree with everything that you said, but it is individual. And um, I I tell my uh, patients all the time when they'll say, well, you know, how how will it be before I could, let's say, if it's something I'm working on with them as a speech pathologist, before I could start eating again or before I could go back to eating what I was eating before or, you know, before my speech is better after a stroke, whatever it is. You know, what I tell people is I could get a cold and you could get a cold and I could be better in three days and two weeks later you could still be coughing. So a lot of it also has to do with the individuals, you know, what they were like before the fall, you know, what their attitude is towards recovery, what their the strength of their system is, both medically and physically. There are so many factors that go into it, wouldn't you say? Oh, agree with you 100%. You know, your, your general fitness level, your general health, your physical health plays a huge role in your post. It's like any surgery, you know, post-operative. If you're a healthy individual, you're going to recover faster. If you are not so healthy, it's going to take longer. Right. And mental attitude has a lot to do with it, and I think you hit on that before when you said sometimes people are more sen- tentative afterwards, and it also could have to do with um, that could also impact their recovery, you know. How determined are they? Are they fearful? Um, you know, all of that impacts impacts the recovery, but like you said, from a, from a um, tech point of view, obviously the, advance, the advancements that have been made are, are so much greater now, it would lend itself to a speedier recovery. Absolutely. In the best Absolutely. of circumstances. Well, that's, that's very, very heartening to hear. Thank you. Yes. Rajiv, is so there anything I, um, that we our, haven't... Oh, go ahead. Sorry, Rubina. I was going to say, Rajiv, is there anything that we haven't touched on that you would like to share with our listeners? I think I just want to summarize, like, um, you know, we talked about the causes of falls and what happens and all that. I think I just want to touch a bit more on the prevention side of it. Like a Philip okay. said, exercise, keeping fit at any age is most important. Even if they say 150 minutes exercise a week, which is what, about half an hour a day? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, so something like, you know, you do sit or stand chair exercises, you don't walk, you do upper body exercises. So exercise and keeping fit, if you can do swimming or whatever, it's great. But some kind of exercise is really important, especially now uh, under the circumstances when we are, you know, locked indoors, many people. Second thing I would say mm-hmm. is uh, your environment and you know where you live. Make sure your apartments, your houses are decluttered, 
They're clean. They don't have stuff all over the place. Your lighting is good. Your footwear is good. Your clothing is safe. That, that's something which really can make a difference. Your eye, eyesight, very important factor. Your eyesight is get it checked regularly. Make sure they are good. You don't have uh, different levels of eye issues where which could result in falls. Good equipment, right equipment, shoes, clothing, walkers, wheelchairs. Make sure they are the right ones. And your medication management. Make sure you're taking medication on time. You're taking the right medication. You're not doing any extra thing. You're not taking this pill because your friend said, hey, it helped me with my knee pain. And you take that and you end up getting dizzy and falling, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's just some basic preventions to make sure um, some are ongoing, you know, like exercise and all, and some are all the time, like medication management and things like that. Uh, so it's yeah. just, just be safe. And for family members, mm-hmm. I, would, I would emphasize, please go and check, do a scan of their apartment, look around it, whatever you think is um, health and safety point of view, not safe, remove that, whether it's a rug or it's a hanging wire or, you know, you won't be surprised. A lot of people trip over the pet. The little cat is sitting in the living room. Mm. Or little dog is in between. You got up in the morning. The little cat is there. You didn't realize you trip over the cat. So the cat's oh going to run away. But you're going to end up with a broken hip. You know. So make sure if you have pets, they're safe at night. And just be careful and just be safe. That's all I can say. I have a quick question. Uh, there yeah. are these... There's parents that uh, were suggested for my mom as well as for my dad that have the padding on the back and the front. How effective yeah. are those 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 uh, pants? They're definitely effective. The hip protectors they definitely make a big difference. They protect the hip, um, but there are a lot of challenges with them as well. Where uh, there are different types. Some seniors mm-hmm. find it challenging to wear them, but definitely it's much better to have a hip protector than not have a hip protector. Um, I, I don't know what those are. Can you describe them to me, Rubina? Okay, Phyllis, they're uh, like, a little, you know, like this uh, basketball or the, the football players, they have like pads. So the uh-huh. pad is like, a, it could be half an inch thick. It's made of this foamy material, and they usually tuck them in on the sides of your pants, on your hips. Oh. And... And nowadays, you can buy them even they are soon stitched into your undergarments or into your track pants. But some people find it a slip if they, you slip them in your pants. So you can buy them when they're just stitched inside already. And it basically creates a cushion if you fall on your side. Huh. Right. Yeah. I had never heard of them before. This would be... Well, um, so where can you get those? I mean, for the listeners who might be interested in that, where would they oh, be able to most, purchase those? Most, most medical stores should sell them, uh, medical supplies, medical equipment, even the large pharmacy stores will sell them easily. And, and what are they called? If they went to, um, went to look for it or called to ask for it, what would they, what would they pro- call hip them? Hip protectors. Hip protectors. Hip protectors. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, they're like a shield, like a, I would say about 8 inches or 12 inches by 10 inches. They're different sizes. And they get different materials as well. You know, if you, Phyllis, if you ever get a chance to go to a health fair, you'll find a uh-huh. lot of supplies there. Some kind of a health fair or a health exhibition. Right. 
So you huh, find okay. a lot of suppliers. I, I can send you some links if I can. I, I uh, have some connect contact information. I can send it to you. Oh, that would be great. And we could um, maybe we could put them on the um, on the show page, uh, Rubina, for or information for people. Mm-hmm. Um, or they could email mm-hmm. us, and we'd be able to provide them with the um, the link so they right. could look it up if they're interested. Definitely, there are lots of tools too. There was um, one other one which we will talk in the next ses- session, next section of our our show. Some of the things that we did for my mom uh, and for my dad to before the to prevent it, and what we had to do afterwards after it happened. Okay, that will be uh, interesting for listeners to know from a, um, you know, from somebody who had to go through it, just like Rajiv is talking about his father. Um, I think it's good for people to hear what they've had to do for their parents and, um, you know, what you're experiencing, Rabina, with your mom being that she has fallen and she's now in rehab. Um, And my dad had fallen in October and he went through it. So in the last one year, I've experienced both of my parents falling and having hip surgery, fractured hip surgery. So there's lots of lessons learned that I'd be happy to share. Rajiv, is there anything else that you'd like to share? I'm sure our time is getting up there for this segment. Uh, no, I think we've pretty much uh, sort of gone through it. You know, uh, what I said before, just follow those, get your vision testing done, maintain your bone health, maintain a good health. Mm-hmm. Have good sleep, eat proper regular diet, have good medication management. Uh, you know, just uh, the family, just make sure that the, un- the, the up living place for your seniors is clean, um, decluttered, mm-hmm. safe, and uh, just do the mm-hmm. best you can. And, and I would also say, um, especially now, even if you have to call a few times a day to check on your loved one, if you if you can't get there, you're a distance away, or you're concerned about, um, you know, traveling at this point in time, or you're not allowed to travel at this point in time, the best way to do it is to uh, even have FaceTime phone calls if you can, if they know how to um, how to um, operate that technology. We could talk about that, Rubina, in our next section yeah. as well. But yeah. uh, you're right, we're getting to the last uh, few moments, and um, this has really been terrific. I'm sure the listeners um, got a wealth of information, so Rajiv, we thank you. And um, we'll be returning in a few moments to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Phyllis Heyman, the voice for elder care advocacy, provides strategic solutions to families seeking care for their loved ones in short-term rehab, long-term care, or memory care. Her unique knowledge comes from working in over 40 skilled nursing facilities. Phyllis's passion for quality care and quality of life for our loved ones sets her apart. She encourages families to plan by choice, not by crisis. Visit phyllisheldercare.info for a consultation. Phyllis is also a speaker for both the public and private sector on various issues related to caregiving, communication, empathy, and aging. 
Rubina Chaudhry is president and founder of Mars Services, an engineering management consulting firm, as well as founder and president of Olive Community Services, a 501c3, which provides culturally appropriate supportive services to seniors, their families, and the community. Rubina's passion for the elder population stems from her experience as an only child living over 1,000 miles away from her aging parents, who are now 91 years of age. She understands the delicate issues and decisions caregivers face. Visit olivecs.org to get further information about Olive's programs and services. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy with Phyllis Amon and Rubina Chaudhry. If you'd like to leave us a question or comment about our program, please feel free to email your hosts from the Voices for Elder Care Advocacy show page on Voice America. Now, back to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy. Welcome back, Phyllis. Uh, wasn't that an interesting conversation with uh, with Rajiv about falls and uh, falls prevention and uh, some of the very common reasons uh, that we that we can avoid avoid falls? Absolutely. And uh, before we began the show uh, today, you were telling me that your mom fell again. Yes. As you made reference to it during the show, uh, during the last segment. So I thought maybe you'd like to talk about it. Do you feel comfortable doing that? Yes, definitely. Uh, my mom has fallen two times since she had her hip surgery. And once it was from her bed. And uh, the thought is that she tried to get out on her own. You know, when you're used to getting out and you forget, you wake up and you think you can get up and she couldn't put uh, weight on her leg and they found her sitting, uh, sitting close close to the bed. And what happened over the weekend was uh, that she, um, she was sitting in a chair. Actually, this made me very emotional. She was sitting in the chair and uh, then the nurse found her on the floor and they wanted me to talk to her to see what had happened and I talked to her one time and I got partial story that she was just reaching towards something because she's now also beginning to be confused Mm. I don't know whether it's being in a different place or whether it's a combination of meds and new environment and you know all these variables and she is 92 almost 92 and a half and then the nurse, she said, can you ask her again because I have to document why she fell. So I tried to talk to her again and probed a little bit more. And what she was saying, you know, basically, I, you know, they were just uh, standing here and laughing and giggling. And mm-hmm. I just said, come towards me. And and uh, and I said, who were they? So she said, you know, I think they were my sister's. Mm. You know, so so she's imagining that people are visiting, and the best that I could figure out is, is when she said, you know, come towards me. She probably moved forward a little, or or reached her hand, mm. 
Mm. You know, I couldn't see her, but I was listening, you know, talking to her on the phone from California. She's in Canada. That that she probably did that reach out motion that made her fall out of the chair because she was sitting at the time. I I have a question about that. Um, sure. This may be a difficult question um, sure. to ask or difficult well, for you. Let's to give answer. it a try. Let's let's give it a try. Okay, so two things came to mind. One is the emotional part of it for you that she thought she was uh, seeing her sisters. Mm-hmm. And it could be that in her mind, she, she was thinking she was seeing her sisters. Yes. Or is she cognizant enough to know that the caregivers are not her sisters? Or did she confuse mm-hmm. the caregivers with her sisters or didn't have the word caregiver and use the word sisters instead? That's a, that's a good question because I when I came back online with the, with the nurse, I asked her if any of her, her staff were in the room. She said no, they gave them lunch and after, you know, that she was sitting there, that there was nobody else, no other staff were in the room. Mm. That was my first thought. That maybe somebody else was in the room, and she she confused that. Um, and the, the emotional impact of that on her is one thing, but it, on me, it's very significant right now. I'm sure. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's uh, this. This. Go ahead. Uh, you know, it's it's being the only child. It's it's wanting to be there, but not being able to go. And even if I took the chance of, you know, flying, I wouldn't be able to see her anyway uh, because she is in, under lockdown. Mm-hmm. Her facility is under lockdown. And uh, uh, but the good thing is she is getting good care. Uh, she is getting good care. Uh, they are taking her to dialysis regularly. She had a minor cough, so they tested her. And she is negative for COVID. Thank you. Thank God for oh, that. Absolutely. Yeah. And they tested her because she does leave the facility to mm. go next door to the hospital for dialysis and come back. And they didn't want to take any chance. And uh, and everybody on their floor is, is negative and they're being very careful. I, you know, uh, I've had several conversations with her and with her staff. She's eating well. And uh, uh, but there are times she's more confused than that. Um, she's remembering, of course, her family and her younger days. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's remembering her youngest brother very much, and she thinks he's visiting locally, but hasn't come to see her yet. Mm. Uh, the impact of that, uh, the emotional impact of that, I'm sure, is uh, tremendous. I can yeah. hear it in your voice. Yeah, it is. Yes, yeah. I could hear it. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure many of our listeners can relate to what you're saying. Oh, of course. So of I course. think it's wonderful that you're willing to share it and be open in that way so that they can understand that what they're feeling is uh, not unusual. It's it's not unusual. Actually, um, if I, you'd allow me, i share a conversation I had with my daughter uh, who's a physician, she's a radiologist. And I was saying to her that, 
you know, I'm feeling sad because one thing I do is when I am sad, I tell my family and I've told you sometimes too, I'm sad. Correct. And uh, if the people around you don't know, they can't help you or they can't be understanding of your mood or your quietness if they don't know. And, uh, and she had such a sympathetic attitude and, and talked so nicely and brought my spirits up, up and saying that, that mom, she is in the best place that she could be right now. All her needs are met, you know, and, uh, and we will take it one day at a time. I think that's wonderful that you were willing to share that with your family, with your daughter. Not everybody feels comfortable with that, but I'm hoping that them hearing you say that, you received good support as a result of doing that, that maybe they'll feel more more inclined. The other thing I wanted to say, Rubina, Mm -hmm. is that uh, you have said many times that your mother is in the best place. They're providing her tremendous care. She's well taken care of. She's well looked after. And what I wanted to impart from that to our listeners is that even if your your loved one is in a great place, oh, getting good care, things can happen. Oh yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, just yeah. because it's just because a person falls, if they're in some kind of facility, doesn't mean necessarily that the facility wasn't doing the right thing, or that the person isn't getting good care because they can be receiving the best care and things do happen because somebody isn't watching over them 24 hours a day and people are inclined to make certain maneuvers based on what they're thinking or what they think they used to be able to do or can do. And, um, and these things can happen. I, you know, uh, along the same line with my dad, when he had his hip surgery, uh, his dementia was a bit more advanced. I think mom is getting there as well. He forgot that he even had surgery. So he would just get up and from bed and want to go, get up from his chair and want to go. So they actually had to put uh, an alarm on him mm. and restrain him so that if he did try to get up and go, the nursing staff will get an alarm and they will come immediately and help him. Uh, so there are ways that they can they can track that. You're right. They can't. Nobody can be with the other person, one hundred percent of the time. But uh, it's a, it's re- it's really really interesting that uh, that this venue, this Voices for Elder Care Advocacy, has really provided me an opportunity to share my my journey and uh, and you and I to share this with uh, with uh, with our listeners uh, real time what's happening in elder care um, I had a wonderful conversation with the nurse who called me she she said you know I can call more often if I wish remember the other day I was saying you have to be mindful but I actually got permission from the nurse to call more times <laughs> and, and to call more times. But the good thing is, uh, good thing is, my mom is recognizing me when I talk to her. She knows oh, that she's talking to me, which is which is good, which is good. You know, that's great. She, yeah, 
she she is uh, she's in the best place for now. There's something else that you said, uh, which goes back to something Rajiv said. Actually, you said uh, the first time she got up, uh, I think you said in the middle of the night, she thought she could stand up, and then of course her mm-hmm. her leg couldn't support her weight, and that's exactly what he said about. Um, a lot of falls happening in the bedroom that people wake up right. in the middle of the night. They're probably still in a little bit of a stupor and mm-hmm. they either have to go to the bathroom or whatever the reason is that they get up and, and that's when falls can happen. So it just what you described, what Rajiv described actually happened to your mother. It did. And Phyllis, I have a question now. You know, this is yours and my opportunity to learn. Correct. As well. So what what have you learned that you're going to apply? And I will ask the same thing to our listeners. What have you learned from uh, from listening to Rajiv and our conversation that you're going to apply in your own life and in your elders' life? So Phyllis, name three things that you think you've learned and you're going to apply or be more aware of. Uh, three things. Wow. Yes. Well, one is I do have a uh, rug next to my bed. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to think about moving it, although it does have a uh, rubberized uh, padding on the opposite side. It doesn't okay. really slip, but it can. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a while ago when we spoke with Colin Healy, we talked about uh, that I would get lights, uh, mm-hmm. some kind of night light. So when I do wake up in the middle of the night and it's dark and I want to go to the bathroom, I haven't done that as yet. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry mm-hmm. to say. And mm-hmm. I think the third thing is sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm thirsty. Maybe the best thing would be is to keep a glass of water next to my bed so I don't have to get up uh, when I'm like half asleep to go to the bathroom or go downstairs to get something to drink. Well, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Anything else that comes to your mind in addition to the three things? Those are v- excellent, excellent three things. Uh, actually, I, I can't. Oh, I do actually uh, keep a pair of slippers next to my bed at mm-hmm. all times mm-hmm. so that when I get up, the first thing I do do is put my feet into the slipper so that I, um, you know, I, 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 I have a more steady, um, steady, um, something steady on my feet, something more sturdy on my feet. It's rubberized on the bottom. It's the first thing I do all the time. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, you have summarized it, uh, Phyllis, very, very well for for our listeners. And I hope that everybody takes a look at their environment uh, with with uh, the you know the safety mindset. Okay. And in, and in saying that, I guess uh, this is time for us to come to the close of this show. So, Rabina, thank you so much for being open and honest and vulnerable for our listeners. Uh, We all hope that your mom does well. And uh, we'll tune in next week on Voices for Elder Care Advocacy on the Voice America Empowerment Channel when we'll be exploring another interesting subject for our listeners. Thank you for listening this week to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy. Please join your hosts, Phyllis Amon and Robina Chaudhry, again next Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week.